0: Youth pastor. Thank you. I I don't know what it is about me, folks. I have to have to be frank here. It's like, whatever happens, the Lord always brings somebody with black color. My, it's, ever since I became a... you got to remember my story. I, when I became a Christian, the Lord brought me in. And what happened to me is I found myself... I'm in Germany. I've given my life to Christ. And I'm at this, I end up at this church with my brother. And me and him are the only two guys in the entire church that are white. <laughs> Everybody else is like, into and knows the Lord. And I'm like, what are these people doing? I don't understand this at all. So then you know how I feel here. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So, so I, I'm there and I'm going... This is this, And we have this crazy time and the pastor comes down, lays hands on me and says, you know, if the Lord's called in and the Holy Spirit falls. It was just incredible. This marvelous thing. And from that day forward, God marked me in relationship to other people that he always it's almost like he demanded that I have somebody alongside me. Hey, somebody alongside me okay. that understands things differently than I do, okay. that's bigger than I am. That seems to be the standard as well. And that also has a great can.
1: Well, I, I can double as your security and I'm filling your quota. There it is.
0: <laughs> it's I was sharing with Kurt Burton just the other day. It's my good friend from we're in Maple Grove, Minnesota, and I've still got the Lord brings these people alongside. Really? Egypt was here before. Yes, there are no black people in Minnesota. There are. Prince. Egypt was it. I think he was the only he was the only black guy in, in all of Maple Grove. In fact, he has a story about going to Eureka, Minnesota, with his wife, and he was literally the only black person in the entire town. And the people came up and looked at him like, "Whoa, dude." He said it was truly an amazing experience. There aren't many of us in Minnesota. I think what? it's
1: just Egypt and Prince.
0: Yeah, it's too cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's too cold, I think, is what, it, what it was going on there. But anyway, Chris is with us. The Lord brought him here, uh, called him to become part of this ministry. So I want to, I want to share a little bit about himself. Uh,
1: when did you come to receive Christ, Chris? These people need to hear that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I wasn't ready for this, but I'll tell you anyway. There you go. i yes, to keep it short. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be talking about this on on Friday at our first Friday Night Youth group. Everybody ready? Okay. Now, some people say they were born and raised in the church, and I say that too, but I mean that literally because I grew up on the same property as the church. My mom was a single mom, and we just came out of a really abusive relationship. And so the church took us in, and we actually lived in the parsonage. Is that what it's called? Yes. So yeah. the pastor lived somewhere else, and the house was just there. So we lived there, and they blessed us with food, and they took care of all of our needs. But in exchange, when those lights were on, I was at the church. Mm. I was Joseph in the Christmas play like four years in a row. <laughs> I was, you know, in the, Christ- in the children's choir, everything, you name it. But then my mom remarried. and We moved back down to Southern California to Cerritos. And my dad wasn't, a, my stepdad wasn't a believer, so we never went to church. It was just kind of, uh, just fell off. So we went from living on church and breathing church to no church at all. And then one day, a friend of mine invited me to his youth group, and he says, come on out. So I'm going from old school black church, but shine your shoes, wear your suit, put on your tie. And I walked in, and there were all these kids in jean shorts and T-shirts playing basketball and volleyball. And I thought, what is this? This isn't church. But I got to know... A different side of the Lord there, because in my old traditional black church, there was a lot of rules. There was a lot of fire and brimstone, a lot of legalism. But when I got to this church in Cerritos called New Life, it was all about grace and love and forgiveness and a relationship with the Lord. And it was actually on a retreat, which we're going to take a couple of those. It was on a houseboats retreat where we had our pastor, Charlie, actually gave everyone an opportunity to accept the Lord. And I thought I was already there. I was in a small group. I was playing bass in the worship band. I felt like I was already ingrained, but I'd never said the words. So right there on the boat, on the retreat trip, I just said, okay, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me, accept me, and I'm going to give my life and devote my life to living for you. And that was in 1994. Wow. So, yeah, junior year in high school, class of 96. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, that was when. That was uh, back then on a youth trip. So I feel like my life has kind of come full circle I used to tell people that I'd be a good youth pastor because I'd be an example of what not to do. (laughs) Hmm. But now I want to teach people what they should do and how they're called to do in God and in Christ. So hopefully I'll be able to do that.
0: Yeah, why don't you introduce your wife and your family?
1: All right. My wife, Jenny. Stand up, Jenny. She loves when I do this to her. We've been married nine years. My son, Donovan. Stand up, Donovan. He's my best friend, my partner in crime. He's 13, so he was a a blessing to me before Jenny was a blessing to me. And we've been rolling since 2002. Me and you against the world, buddy. So I have a 13-year-old, so I know what all you parents are going through when you're dealing with your 13-year-olds, so we can fight the good fight together.
0: Good stuff, guys. All right? Let's pray for Chris. Father, we thank you for... For my special brother, that you brought him here so that we might be involved in your kingdom and your kingdom building. And Lord, I pray that you might give him wisdom and understanding. That you'll give him clarity in what he needs to do and how he needs to do it. That in every way he might submit to your spirit's direction and that he can experience your power in his life. Guide him as he cares for his family. Guide him as he reaches out to our youth and our other families here. Continue your work here in accordance with your will. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. I got it. I got it. You know, we want to uh, take this time to take our offering. You also have all those little forms there that you've probably already filled out. You may have a prayer request or whatever's along that end. These offerings. Thank you especially for these people who have chosen to set aside funds so that your kingdom might be built up and become stronger and that others can be brought to the knowledge of who you are and what you want to do in their lives. And I would pray that you might use these offerings to do just that, accomplish your will and your desire. We give them to you and we ask that you'll multiply them as you do everything else in our life. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Connected to Christ. You must stay connected to Christ. Jesus put it this way. He said, Abide in me and I in you, and then you'll bear fruit. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, then you will experience life. Abide in me and I in you. I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives through me. A variety of ways in which the scriptures express this simple But incredibly complex truth about connection with God, connection with Christ, and then a response to others around us. See, if you want your life to count, then you must stay connected. You must stay connected. I I say you need to be a Lego, not a leech. You need to be a Lego. And say, a Lego? I say, why do you say Lego? Well, Legos are all about connection. That's all they're about. Uh, the only, The only purpose of a Lego is to be connected and to connect to others. It's the only purpose. And so we've seen this phenomenal development in Legos. When I was a kid, Legos were pretty minor stuff. It's like, yeah, they were, they were kind of fun to stick together and do it. Nowadays, we have an entire land. <laughs> Don't I? You want to show that little little shot there? Don't I have a little shot? It, we, it's, it's, look at this thing. It, Legos are everywhere, folks. That boat's Lego. Everything is a Lego. If you go down to this place called Legoland, my my daughter made me go there <laughs> with the twins, and we showed up, and I went, "You've got to be kidding me! This place is absolutely incredible. What they have done and put together with Legos, a new." Concept or idea of what it means to be connected. You see, connection is about an understanding of what life is to be about. You see, you have time for a lot of things, but not everything has equal value. That's why Jesus speaks so strongly about the necessity of abiding in him. We We tend to break our connection all the time. We break our connection, we run off, And we start doing other things, and they become lifeless very quickly. In the beginning, it feels right, but very quickly, we we lose that life force, if you want to use that term. And we find ourselves becoming lifeless. And the cry of Jesus should be coming back to us. Abide in me. Connect with me. Stay connected. And then you will bear fruit. Then you'll experience life. As I intended for you to have life, when God comes up to Jesus, and says, "Jesus, I need to understand what life is all about what What is the meaning of life? What's the purpose of life?" And Jesus is really Jesus is, breaks down to two simple things: you need to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love others. After you love God, after you experience that love and that connection, then you'll be able to, and you must then respond with a love for others people. Jesus is saying, I love you and I want you to experience what that means. It's not just an emotional word. It's a a life-giving word. Uh, To love somebody doesn't mean I'm simply emotionally connected to you. It means that I am in every possible way connected to you. Heart, soul, mind. And that's why it's difficult. It's not, it, it's not an easy thing to love people. Second, I can say, I love you all. We say that oftentimes at the end of our statements. Well, what I really mean by that is I, I want to love you. I'm willing to love you. Some of you I love because we have a connection. And that connection has been established between you and I and Jesus. And that, and that, that process has built up. And we become stronger. And there may come a point in time where you go, oops, that's too much. I, I don't want to love any more than that. I don't want to go any deeper than this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And then you need to learn how to love others as God has loved you. Um, There's an interesting statement about this idea of connection that's talked about in Romans 12, 5. We just walked through this and it says, Christ made us one. One body. Individuals who are connected to each other Christ made us one body individuals who are connected to one another I should turn to the person next to you and say we are connected yeah we are connected see what the, the interesting thing is you're part of body of Christ you are connected the the question is have you Do you understand that connection? Have you experiencing that connection in your life? Abide in me and I in you, and then you will bear much fruit. You were born with a sin nature. Therefore, you sinned. That was your nature. That was your, your responsiveness. But once you became a Christian, you were given a new nature, and your old nature was put to death. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ, my new nature, that lives through me. And this new nature... Loves. This new nature gives grace. This new nature is not racist. This new nature is not separatist. Its new nature is all connecting. It's always experiencing the wonder of God's grace in us and through us. That's what he means by abide in me and I in you. You have this new nature, you've been born. Again, is the way he talks to Nicodemus on it. He says you have to be born again. You have to gain this new nature. Or you'll be unable to connect in the way you even desire to connect. You see, it's not about doing more. It's not about being more. It's about connection. Connection. If you walk up to an apple tree and it's fruit-bearing time and you listen carefully, put your ear on the the trunk, you'll hear the groaning and moaning. No, you won't. You'll hear nothing. It just bears fruit because it's connected. Jesus says, if you're connected to me, you'll bear fruit. You won't moan and groan and yell and scream and jump up and down and say, thank you, Jesus, you know, and all that stuff. That won't happen. That's not what it's about. You may do that. That's kind of fun. But uh, the point is this connection that takes place and we find ourselves bearing fruit. And oftentimes it's this amazing where We go, wow, look what God has done. And that, that's, that's the point. He's saying, if you connected with me, then I will allow you to connect with others. Be a Lego, not a leech. And so we I mean connect. Connect. Grab onto. There's a, there's a big difference between that concept. You see, life is not about acquisition, how much I get, and it's not about accomplishment, how much I do, and it's not about achievement, how much I earn. It's not about all the other things that you're often told about. Life is about learning how to enjoy your new relationship with God and then to enjoy the results of the new relationships that he gives you with others around you. It's about being and staying connected. And that's why Jesus said you must, not you can, not you might want to, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. If you do this, you get life. If you don't, you waste life. You see, for many of us, we're blowing it in terms of the p- main point of life that's about connection. Instead of connecting, we're busy grabbing and grasping and obtaining and motivating and we're going on and on and on with these. See, no, no, no. Stay connected and then you'll be able to connect. God says you need to make loving relationships your, your number one priority. First with God and then with others around us. it's your primary objective, your greatest ambition, your life's purpose. You are a new creature in Christ. It's no longer you who live. It's Christ who lives in you. And so now you're able to build and establish these relationships. So as we talk about these scriptures, going to walk through here quickly. And understand the result of your new connection with Jesus is that as you walk with him, you're able to love others. And that needs to be your constant, continual awareness and desire in life. And any time you move away from that, you're moving away from God's primary desire for you and what he wants you to experience in life. Okay, so so first of all, love always validates. I just broke down three things as, as I look into the scriptures that I find seem to be standard or primary in these areas. Love, first of all, always validates. And I did a VIP thing, okay? I know, I know acronymly. I get that. But I, I have a bad memory. I don't know about you guys. I used to have a really good memory, and now it seems like it's full. So if I use these things, sometimes it helps a bit. So I go, okay, one thing I found out was that love does validate. It's, it uh, it's, uh, connects. It affirms. And that's how it validates us, with connection and affirmation. And sin, the opposite, repudiates. It uh, rejects. It separates. See, so people often ask me, "How do I know when love? When how do I know how do I know when I'm when I'm allowing uh, sin to be the primary force that's pushing my life, as opposed to love being the primary force of pushing my life?" Because sometimes I'm confused, and I say, "Well, one way is that love consistently validates, affirms, supports. Um, it is involved in connection, not separation. It doesn't reject." So that's the picture. Those those are the now. Sometimes this is difficult because you are like, "Uh oh." I I get that, but it's difficult. But that's what love does. Love validates. Whoever does not love, the Scripture tells us, does not know who? God. I go, oh, okay, that's pretty clear because God is love. So this validation not only is of love itself, but of our identity as Christians. If you know God, then you are able and you choose to love. You have this connection. And you have to respond if you're going to hang on to that connection. It's almost a picture of being plugged into an electric socket. And as long as you're plugged in, then you you respond in this way. But as soon as you pull the plug out, you're unable to respond. There's no longer any power in your life to love, to respond appropriately. See, grace or love, and I think those words are interconnected, by the way. I don't think there's a lot of difference between the two. Love is simply some specifics. Uh, So the Greek breaks down what love is in terms of words that refer to love. So it uses terms like eros and uh, phylos, brotherly love and and, uh, passionate love, all these different types of of love, how they express. That's love expressed. But grace is love itself. Grace, undeserved favor, is love. So grace... It's just poured out on us. When you love people, you pour out grace into their life. You don't want anything back. There's no quid pro quo. You're you're just laying it out. It just goes out of you. And you you don't often get to choose. You just do that. You say, I just find I, I love this person, and God is loving them through me. And grace authenticates our relationship with God. So grace declares the fact that we're connected with God, and he's connected with us with specific actions. And and God wants you to learn how to be like him on earth. And that's why he gives us these love actions to be involved in. And as we experience those, the greater connection, the connection gets larger and larger and stronger and stronger. It's an interesting element that happens. If we say we love God, but we hate someone else, that we hate others, then we're a liar. Now, that's pretty blunt. Sounds like something I would say. You know, it can be blunt at times. Sometimes getting trouble for that. We cannot love God if whom we have not seen. If we do not love others whom we have seen, we do not love God if we do not love others. Because those who we see, we are called to express love to. And if we don't, then we are not connected with God. That's what he's saying. So John's trying to teach us. See, the act of loving validates my relationship with God. It proves I am a child of God. God is my father. You can see it by my actions towards other children in his family. Love validates my life and it validates others as I love them. God's pen code. And we all have our pen codes now, right? You want to tell me your pen code? No, I don't want to know it. But you can give it to me, and then I can take everything out of the bank. All your funds, I can take out. All I need is your pin code. God's pin code is John three sixteen. Yeah, that's that's God's pin code. What's yours? See, I go. Hmm, what's my pin code? Uh oh. Well, how am I truly expressing myself in terms of others? Recently, many of you chose to do on a fast. How many of you chose to fast here just last week? Some of you did one day, some of you did three days, some of you did a lot. Some of you gave up everything, some of you gave up something. It it doesn't matter what it is, but when you were in the midst of that fast, the point of it was that you'd spend extra time with God. It wasn't about fasting, it was about spending time with with God. Uninterrupted time with, with God. And when you spent that time with Him, then God began to speak to you. Let me tell you what He didn't tell you, and if you think He did, you weren't listening. He didn't tell you to give more. You thought, oh, no, that's, he did not tell you that. He didn't tell you to be better. No, that wasn't God who told you to do that. He didn't tell you to give up something. That's not what he told you. What, what he told you was that you need to connect with me and allow my love to flow through you. That, that's what God told you because that's what he always tells us. God's consistent. And he says, okay, now, how do I express that, Lord? Because that's always our next comment. It's always is. So, well, okay, Lord, well, how do I do that? How do I express that? This connection, I've I've reaffirmed and I've recognized this this connection. Now, how do I make this work? How do I make this work? Well, love validates by connection and affirmation. Sin repudiates by rejection and separation. So uh, the first aspect of of love is validation of ourself and of God. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But but the second one that I want to talk on is... um, Love or grace, I like the word grace better because I think it's clearer, always integrates. So it doesn't just validate, it integrates. That's the I of this area here. Uh, it supports, it stabilizes. While sin always undermines and weakens. Sin is always undermining and weakening things. But grace always supports and stabilizes. Love is more important. Uh, than anything else. It's what ties everything else together is what it tells us in Colossians. That the love ties everything together. It integrates my life. Integrate is from integrity. Um, uh, if a bridge has integrity, then it holds you up. You walk on it without fear, unless an earthquake hits. Feeling confident, that this will hold me up as I walk across it. Uh, You tie your shoes to give you integrity so you don't fall out of them, give support. God wants us to ensure that love becomes a dominant life principle by which everything else in my life is integrated. So love becomes the integrated principle of my life, that my love of God, my connection with him and my connection with others is my primary way in which I bring integrity or support and strength into my life. No other way. And as I do that, and not depend on myself and all these other areas, then the connection from God works powerfully. And we see it happen on a regular regular principle. You see, life is not integrated by virtue or by finance or, or even by faith. My social, my financial, my church, my work, my friend, all, everything in my life needs to be integrated Needs to be connected by love. Needs to be connected by love. You need to have something at your core that draws, draws your life together. Otherwise, your life becomes fragmented. It doesn't have integrity. And God says the only thing that has real integrity is is love itself. As you connect yourself with me, allow that to be that which brings integrity to your life, which ties everything else together. Uh, Colossians three puts it. Slightly differently, but in the same concept. He says, Since God chose you to be the holy people whom He loves, you must clothe yourself with tender hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. These are all simple actions that declare love and the fact that you're making that the point that brings integrity into your life. You must make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must. Forgive others. You must make allowance for others' faults. And the most important piece of clothing you put on is the clothing of love. Because love is what brings integrity. Or what binds us all together in perfect harmony. See, love brings integrity. It pulls it all together. I, I know we try to find all other kinds of things that will do that. But nothing else does it. So that connection will bring about integrity to our life or support. While sin tries to undermine and weaken it all the time, integrity, love's integrity supports and stabilizes us. See, as we're abiding with and receiving and enjoying God's love, we're enabled to love others. Uh, Scientists recently were reminded again that in terms of the atom, we have what's called the God quark. And the God quark seems to be this particular element that actually keeps everything together. See, we shouldn't be together. We should all just be a destabilizing force, just there's nothing here. We're just, we're not, we have no bodies. We have all, all this structure we have around so, us. You know, well, why does it stay together? Why isn't it just kind of, it says because there's this thing called the God court, which is like the magnet that holds everything else together. They call it the God court because of that. Love binds us together, holds us together, keeps us together. But it's not an emotional thing although emotion can be part of it, is far, far deeper than that. It's a stabilizing element as we walk through this area in Colossians and how we respond one to another with love. And we recognize that and understand that I'm connected to those that I love. Um, let's watch a quick clip. It talks about... I am not alone. And here, it, interesting enough, the clip in this case is uses a, a football analogy, which I'm always irritated by. I gotta be frank here. Sorry, Eric, but really, we gotta go to football to figure out how to be connected to one another. What is wrong with this? But let's watch the clip anyway. It's a great show. Well, here you gotta be real quiet. My mom's resting. Not a peep. says, you are not alone. So let's do this. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are not alone. You see, the intention of the church that God has gathers together so that we might have this sense of you are not alone. It's not about 60 guys on a football team. Okay? It's about those whom God has called together and connected so they might experience the wonder, the miracles, the power, the passion of of God in their midst and that we're not alone and that when we find ourselves struggling with difficulties, we turn to one another. And as we do, we gain support. And we gain understanding because God's love, that Lego love, that's connecting us one to another, permeates everything and everywhere. It validates who we are and what we are. It integrates everything so that we have support and we have care and we have understanding. See, while sin seems to weaken and undermine and break this connection, God is constantly calling us to make the connection stronger. See, we're all building our lives around something. Fame, a hobby, success, finance, whatever it may be. There are lots of things that become your dominant life principle. But God is trying to tell us that you need something so strong at the center that everything else is unable to withstand It's power and it's passion. And the only thing that's strong enough to do that is VIP love. This validating, integrated, powerful, passionate, penetrating love. That connection. That as we abide in him, we find ourselves bearing fruit on a regular, consistent Basis. You see, what happens is um, connection is our lifeblood. Loving relationships are the result, not the requirement of being born again. I, I, I hope you get that, because one of the mistakes I found coming into the church is after I got into a while, I started getting up a new set of rules and began to put together all these different things. Oh, if you do this and this and this and this and this, then everything will be OK, and then you'll be a good Christian. And I was like, I want to be a good Christian. Well, okay, what do I got to do? How, how can I do this? And uh, in the process, I began to disconnect myself from the lifeblood, from God himself. And his desire to, to hold on to me and to abide in him and to let his love flow through my life. Uh, I was writing this in Temecula. <laughs> took a break this week, and I was up in Temecula, and yes, I played a little golf. And that was sometimes fun and sometimes not so fun, uh, depending on the results. But I was sitting in, co- in a coffee shop, in a Starbucks in Temecula. I'm sitting down, and I'm, you know, typing out the message, literally. I was doing this, and as I was doing it, this song comes on. And I'm going, What? And the song is one that, that Pete shared with us here a while back. And the, the song is, um, You're a Good, Good Father. It's such a powerful song because it talks about God's love and desire to care for us. And then it also says, um, And I'm loved because it's, it's who I am. God loves me. And now I'm loved, it's who I am. And that, that declaration is talking about a connection of what's taken place. It's not talking about how great we are, how wonderful we're responding. It's simply saying, as you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. You see, love validates and integrates. It gives stability. It provides stability. And that works out in practice. It works out in practice. I look over here to the, uh, got the Whitlocks over here and they have a young man with them. Do you want to introduce your friend to us real quick here, Frank? stand up and say hi and yes thank you jaris thank you brother See, grace is about connecting, it's validating, it's providing integrity, support, stability. And then what happens is it, it penetrates us. Uh, love begins not just to stabilize us, not just to validate us, but it penetrates our life. It causes us to experience uh, an extreme desire uh, to give and to care and to be involved uh, with people that we wouldn't normally think of. It causes us to respond uh, with depth, to seek authenticity and transparency, uh, while sin stays selfish and shallow and superficial and surface. The scripture tells us out of Peter, he says, most important of all, most important of all, continue to show deep love, Deep love for each other. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Love covers over a multitude of sins. Deep love covers. It releases you from failure. It enables you to gain success. When Jesus died on the cross, he stretched out his hand. He said, I love you. I care for you. He died for you and he covered for you. He paid your debt. He covered your debt with his accumulated interest. He covered your debt. He was willing to take the punishment for all the laws that you had broken, for all the failures that you'd been involved in, for all the failure the places where you chose not to love, not to respond, not to interact as God had told you to. He said, I'll take your rap. That was the cry of God's deep love for us. It covers over and then what happens to us is once we begin to experience this covering in our life where Jesus takes it all away and he removes our guilt and he removes our condemnation, and then what begins to happen to us is we find ourselves finally being able to let others off the hook, to give them grace. Uh, to forgive them. And and it's not that... It's not so much that we want to. It's that we have to. It, it's who we've become. This born-again thing that responds with connection to God and then connection to others around us. It responds as God has responded to us. And we find ourselves choosing uh, to love. Despite the consequences... Despite the fear, we choose to cover over, to cover others. And that's the cry of God, covering over a multitude of sins. Deep love seeks connections. Deep love seeks connections. Connections And when people are finishing life and you're closing it out, you know who you want around you? People often say family. And I said, oh, yeah. But the reason you want family around you and friends is because you've connected with them. And all this stuff and the things mean nothing. The only thing that means anything is these relational connections that have taken place. And that's penetrating love. That's that's what happens when you begin to respond to God. God changed you. He enabled you to connect with Him. Stay connected. You have this great ability to love without any wrong motivations. There's no quid pro quo. There's no if I do this for you, then you'll be able to do this for me later. There's no once I do this for you, you owe me. And one day I may come to you and ask you for a favor. Hey you got that that whole Mafia thing. One day, I'll show up and you... And I go, no, it's purely this is yours because God gave it to me to give to you. And that's the cry. I want to encourage some of you, you see these little forms in front of you. We took the offering earlier. We need to come up with about $700 to get our brother to Kenya. So um, if you've got ten dollars or twenty dollars or five dollars or whatever, put it in an envelope, just mark J or, or, or Jarvis on it, and we'll make sure that he gets that. We're gonna give it, we're gonna get it to him anyway. But this is your chance uh, to give him a little help and support there, because we want to do that, and it's something that God has placed in, in our midst to respond to. And Eric asked me, Pastor Eric asked me, would you take care of that? He's got the flu, that's why he's not here today. So uh, I said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of that and make sure that happens. Um, no matter how much money you've got or how famous you are, nothing matters at the end of life except for those that you have life with. Those that you have life with. I'm going to ask Pete to come up as we kind of close up. But this is his last, this last song. Um, and as we close our time together, I want us to remind ourselves of the necessity of being connected To God. And reminding ourselves that relationships are what's important in life. It's not I need to squeeze in time for relationships. Relationships are life. You need to squeeze everything else in. But your relationships are what bring life and make life happen. That's the VIP thing. Validating and integrating and penetrating deep love. You see, that's the first law of love that we all desperately need to get a handle on. It's our vision. It's about connections and connecting. It's about focusing on what's important and recognizing not just what love is and how it validates and, and how it brings about integration and how it penetrates, but being part of that process and stepping out from your fear and a lot allowing that to stop you from doing what god wants you to do choose to love be a lego all right <laughs> let's all stand as we sing this last song and when it's done we'll be done father thank you for being our father and for loving us because it's who you are and then <laughs> for granting us the ability to connect and to love others. Help us not to reject that gift, that wondrous, glorious, life-giving gift. You've enabled us. Now work through us and let us make this law number one in our life. We want to love you and love others. Thank you.